This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit GaryNorth.com slash free books to download this book in PDF format. By This Standard The Authority of God's Law Today by Greg L. Bonson Published by the Institute for Christian Economics, Tyler, Texas Copyright 1985 Chapter 18 New Testament Opposition to the Abuse of God's Law Quote, Paul's words imply that there is an unlawful use of God's law, a use which runs counter to the law's character and intent, so that the law's good nature might be perverted into something evil. End quote. The New Testament, as does the entire Bible, surely supports the continuing validity of God's law. To say this is simply to submit one's thoughts to the lawgiver himself. It is not legalism. And yet, the New Testament contains passages which certainly seem to be taking a decidedly negative attitude toward the law of God. Paul declares that he died unto the law that I might live unto God. Galatians 2.19 He says, quote, You are not under the law, but under grace. End quote. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 Again, quote, We have been discharged from the law. End quote. Romans chapter 7, verse 6 for those who believe, we can conclude apparently, quote, Christ is the end of the law, end quote. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. In light of such passages, some believers are led to see promotion of the law of God as our standard of morality as legalistic bondage. How can Scripture's seeming ambivalence towards God's law be understood in a way which absolves it of contradiction? How can the Bible contain two completely different evaluations of the law of God? Paul himself supplies the resolution to the apparent problem when he delivers his categorical conclusion regarding the status of God's law for the Christian today. He says, quote, We know that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. End quote. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. It is indisputable and well established that the law is a good thing, reflecting perfectly the righteous standards of our holy God, the creator of all men and redeemer of his chosen people. Paul says, We know that the law is good. It should be common knowledge that a positive attitude and submission to the law of God are called for in us. The law is indeed good. To follow it and endorse obedience to its dictates cannot be disapprobated as bad. The law of which Paul speaks is clearly the Old Testament commandments, as the illustrations mentioned in verses 9 and 10 demonstrate. These commands are known by all to be good. Romans chapter 2 verses 14 through 15 and chapter 7 verse 12. Yet Paul immediately qualifies his endorsement of the good character of God's law. He says that the law is good if it is used lawfully. That is, when the law is used according to its own direction and purpose, when the law is lawfully applied, it is a perfectly good thing. However, Paul's words imply that there is an unlawful use of God's law, a use which runs counter to the law's character and intent, so that the law's good nature might be perverted into something evil. The abuse of the law is indirectly condemned by Paul. Examples of abuse What might such an abuse be? Where do we find an unlawful use of the law? We need not look far in the pages of the New Testament. Throughout the ministry of Christ and persistently in the epistles of Paul, we encounter the pharisaical and Judaizing attitude that one can, by performing works of the law, find personal justification before God. Amazing pride and self-deception led the Jews to believe that they might appear righteous in the judgment of a holy God if they but strove diligently to keep the commandments, or at least their external requirements. 
The Pharisees liked to justify themselves before men. Luke chapter 16 verse 15. They trusted in themselves that they were indeed righteous. Luke chapter 18 verse 9. So much so that they had no more need for a savior than a healthy man needs a physician. Matthew chapter 9 verses 12 and 13. However, God knew their hearts all too well. Despite outward appearances of cleanliness and righteousness, they were inwardly foul, spiritually dead, and full of iniquity. Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 and 28. Because they went about trying to establish their own righteousness, the Pharisees could not submit to the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 3. Within the early church, there soon arose a party from among the Pharisees that insisted that the Gentiles could not be saved without being circumcised and keeping in some measure the law of Moses. Acts chapter 15, verses 1 and 5. Justification may be by grace, they would teach, but not completely so. Works of the law were also necessary, because they would compel the Gentiles to live as Jews in this sense. Galatians chapter 2, verse 14. They were designated Judaizers. Paul himself could understand this mindset, for it had been his own prior to conversion. He was brought up as a Pharisee concerning the law. Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. At the feet of Gamaliel, he was educated according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers. Acts chapter 22, verse 3. His own testimony was this, quote, I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. End quote. Galatians chapter 1, verse 14. He made his boast in the law. Romans chapter 2, verses 17 through 20 and verse 23. And from the perspective of one spiritually dead, he could claim that, quote, as to righteousness under the law, end quote, he was in a word blameless. Philippians chapter 3 verse 6. He was once, apart from the law, so deceived as to think he was spiritually alive and righteous. But under the influence of God's spirit, the commandment came home to his consciousness and killed his self-righteous complacency. Quote, I was alive apart from the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. End quote. Romans chapter 7 verse 9. Paul's response. What Paul discovered is that he had simply not understood the law correctly in the first place. That is why in the midst of his most earnest writing against the Judaizers, he can appeal repeatedly to the law itself. For example, Galatians chapter 3 verses 6 through 14, alluding to Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 chapter 12, verse 3, Deuteronomy, chapter 27, verse 26, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4, Leviticus, chapter 18, verse 5, and Deuteronomy, chapter 21, verse 23. The Old Testament, seeing that in God's sight no man could be justified, Psalm 143, verse 2, promised justification grounded in the Lord our righteousness, Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 6. Righteousness had to be imputed even to the great father of the Jews, Abraham. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. Thus the Old Testament, abundantly testifying that God's saints were men of faith, Hebrews 11, taught that the just shall live by faith, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Isaiah proclaimed, quote, In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousnesses of men, saith the Lord, end quote. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 25 and chapter 54 verse 17. The ceremonial law delivered by Moses made these truths manifest over and over again during the Old Testament era. Men were not righteous in themselves but needed to be circumcised. 
even in their most natural habits, their sinful pollution called for ceremonial cleansings. To be found just in the sight of God, they had to abhor their sinfulness and seek forgiveness through sacrificial substitution and priestly intercession. In such things, the law possessed, quote, a shadow of the good things to come, end quote, with the saving ministry of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. By the regenerating and enlightening work of the Holy Spirit, Paul came to realize that the law never intended for men to seek personal justification by meritorious works or the law. The law itself presented salvation as a gift rather than as wages. Accordingly, those who prided themselves in the law were in truth the most extreme violators of the law. Quote, Is the law against the promises of God? End quote, Paul asks. Does it teach a method of justification contrary to the gracious way of salvation found in God's promises? Paul's reply is, May it never be. Galatians chapter 3 verse 21. Quote, For if there had been a law given which could make alive, verily righteousness would have been of the law. But scripture shut up all the things under sin in order that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. End quote. Far from distracting from justification by grace through faith, Quote, the law became our tutor to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. End quote. Galatians chapter 3 verse 24. So let us return to Paul's declaration in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8. Quote, we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. End quote. By implication, there is an unlawful distorting use of the law, one which abuses it, even while pretending to honor the law. Paul would surely identify the abusive use of the law as the pharisaical and Judaizing attempt to make law works the ground of one's own justification before God. Quote, if righteousness is through the law, then Christ died for nothing. End quote. Galatians chapter 2 verse 21. But, quote, no man is justified by the law. End quote. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. The fact that God justifies the ungodly. Romans chapter 4 verse 5 plainly shows that justification must be grounded in the alien righteousness of Jesus Christ by his shed blood and resurrection. Romans chapter 4 verse 25 and chapter 5 verse 9. His righteousness is imputed to those who believe upon him. Romans chapter 4 verses 3 through 5, chapter 5 verses 1 and 2, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. Indeed, the aim or goal and of the law's teaching was Christ, who brings righteousness to all who believe. Romans chapter 10 verse 4. Conclusion As we have seen, passages in Paul's writings which seem to take a negative attitude toward the law of God can be correctly harmonized with Paul's equally strong endorsements of the law by distinguishing at least two, among many, uses of the word law in Paul's epistles. The revelatory use of law is its declaration of the righteous standards of God, in this, the law is good. The legalistic use of law refers to the attempt to utilize the works of the law as a basis for saving merit. This is an unlawful use of the law and receives Paul's strongest condemnations. Paraphrasing 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, Paul says that we know the law as a revelation of God's unchanging will is good as long as one uses it lawfully, as it is meant to be used, instead of legalistically. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. 
Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.